that's why he is uh, that's why we do what we do. Thank you, by Joe. You guys love him. Truly from the Lord. So tonight we just do a quick 30 verses, the rest, the other half of the verses. <laughs> we get like 20 minutes, 20 minutes. I think we can, yeah. 30 verses. <laughs> easy. Easy. Easy, yeah. Hey, Paul went to midnight and people fell out of the window. What happened to me? Come on. Try not fall out of your seat. Like I fell asleep. I mean, like, seriously. Couldn't you just one hour for it? <laughs> uh, let us uh, bless our Torah before we study. Alefu et Adonai hamevora. Baruch Adonai hamevora le'olam ba'eh. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam. Asher ba'kavanu mikol ha'amim. Abba, once again, thank you so much that we can come on the Shabbat. That we have purpose in our heart, Lord, to worship on this day. Any day, Lord. Every day we ought to be worshiping you, Lord. We have chosen this day to come again as a fellowship, Lord. And we thank you that you've made the Torah available. And your Brit your New Testament. But most of all, we thank you for Yeshua HaMashiach, the Christ, the one who took away and removed the sin. He didn't just cover it, he removed it as far as east is from the west. So we thank you for that distinction in our lives as believers. Father, we thank you. Continue to ask for your ministry of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Your Ruach HaKodesh, Lord, leads us into all truth. So we are here as sheep, Lord, willing to be led in the direction that you have for us. So, Father, we with us as we lead from you, Lord, in Yeshua's mighty name. And we all say, Amen. Amen. So here we are at verse 33 in Genesis 24. So if you missed the 32 verses, don't worry. If it's a retelling of the exact same thing, so it's pretty good. You don't have to go back and look at that. So verse 33 says, But when the food was set before him, the servant, to eat, the servant says, I will not eat until I have told my business. And the brother Laban said, Speak on. So normally, the meal would be eaten before any business transaction would take place. But the servant was so excited and beside himself that he wanted to seal the deal right now, complete the mission that his master has given to him and fulfilled his oath. So like Brother Joe, he's out there fulfilling his ministry. That's what Timothy said, fulfill your ministry. That's one of his ministries. The Bible talks about everybody has a gift. Everybody has at least one gift. Many have more than one, but everybody has at least one gift. So don't feel left out. Everybody has one. So God gives liberally. Now in the Midrash, which is a, a, a writing of the Jews, which uh, is like a commentary, the understanding that <laughs> what they say is, Rebecca's family actually gave the servant 
a bowl of food that was poisoned. This is what the rabbi said. This is their fanciful thinking. So they'll say that they wanted to steal Eleazar's booty, all, all of those things the ten camels carried. But the servant says, I will not eat until I have told my story. And then they said, while he was talking, that angel came in, switched the bowls around the dish. And so Bethuel, David's dad, actually ate that bowl and died later that night. So it's like beyond scripture, but it's pretty funny like how they look at things. So we're gonna review the mission. First, we're gonna see the goal. In verse 34, it says, so he said, I am Abraham's servant. He makes this very clear. This meeting has been divinely arranged by Adonai. Because of the fact that Rivka is a family member to Abraham, through her father, who is Abraham's brother. Right? Come on. And this particular meeting between the servant of Abraham and the daughter of Betuel of Haran was meant to be. So when the servant heard Rebecca's words and learned that she was from Abraham's family in verse 26, what we're going to see here is he bowed low to God and gave thanks to him. That's exactly what 40 days does. They bow low to the Lord because the Lord wants to act. He wants to hear. He wants to do things, but he needs people out there doing his will. 35, the Lord has greatly blessed my master so that he has become rich and he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and servants and maids and camels and donkeys. So, I mean, he uh, fought off those kings and then the king of Sodom gave him a big booty. He left Egypt. They gave him a big booty. He was in um, Gerar and Abimelech gave him, so he was getting blessed left and right. But what he's saying is, my Lord had prospered, even though he was lacking in faith at times. And same like us, sometimes we lack in faith, but the Lord is still faithful. Even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. Amen. Verse 36, Now in sorrow, my master's wife bore a son to my master in her old age, and he has given him all that he has. So all the inheritance is given to the son. So what he's saying is, under the most difficult circumstances, she was what, barren for a time. She was mocked by Hagar. Jehovah's promise came to pass, even though she was barren. She was also at 90 years old, right? That's like normally past the age of fertility. I mean, you guarantee no plant parenthood for her. You know? <laughs> but again, what is impossible with man is possible without the night. So verse 37, my master made me swear an oath, right? Saying, you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land that I live. Again, the Canaanites were cursed because of Ham or Ham's lack of respect for his father, right? The Bible says, love covers a multitude of sins. And this is the exact thing that Ham failed to do was cover his father's nakedness. But instead, he mocked his father. And all Noah wanted, or Noah wanted, was a little peace and quiet, right? Relaxation, a little wine in his own tent. And he was in his own tent. He didn't go out and carouse the bars. There were no bars, but 
So after 120 years of building the ark, and then a year or so in the ark, floating around and then landing, he finally gets off the ark and now his work is done. He wants to relax. I mean, after 121 years, give the man a break. <laughs> and he did. Uh, but that's why they were cursed. So verse 38. But you shall go to my father's house and to my relatives and take a wife for my son. I said to my master, suppose the woman does not follow me. He said to me, the Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel, his angel, with you to make your journey successful. So the Lord already told Abraham that this was going to be successful. And you will take a wife for my son from my relatives and from my father's house. Wow. What are the odds, right? What are the odds that right? he just goes to a well, parks the camels there. One of them was in the handicap zone. So he pops them there. And the one lady that he interacts with is from the brother's home, the brother's family. So this was a pretty specific prophecy. Now remember what the angel of the Lord did. What did the angel of the Lord do prior to this? He held, he stopped Abraham's hand in the offering of Yitzhak in chapter verse uh, chapter 22. So definitely he will surely not leave this servant in an impossible situation. Now this attitude where God is on our side, or we're on God's side, but he's working on our benefit, is a fundamental attitude that we should have in our faith. We must always consider and go back to scriptures, keep reading it, and we see what God has done previously, all his previous deliverances from everybody, for every single person in the scriptures. And from those stories, we can take confidence concerning his future faithfulness in our lives, individually and corporately. So Abraham's life was oriented around God's call and God's promise. And he saw a lot of God's uh, promises come to life. And we know that his, uh, his angel was none other than the pre-incarnate Christ who worked out the details. Verse 41, then you will be free from my oath when you come to my relatives. And if they do not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. So he said, my master would release me from my oath if I could not secure the proper bride for Yitzhak. But my wish is to please my master. Now remember, this servant will, would have been the uh, inheritor of all of Abraham's possessions if no son was born. Interestingly enough, he had no animosity toward Yitzhak, but he still wanted to please the father, Abraham. So the sign that Yehovah was involved and the servant prayed would be as follows. <clears throat> Verse 42. So I came today to the spring. So he's recounting what happened and said, O oh Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you will make my journey on which I go successful. So at this point, he's still kind of like not fully like buying the whole story. So he's praying for success. And that's what we ought to do. Pray for success. Success is awesome. Mm -hmm. With God on our side and with doing His will, success is possible. I've seen it many times. Now, because Abraham had full confidence 
that Jehovah would fulfill his promise. I mean, look at that. He was willing to give up Isaac. I mean, he was ready for a stab at his son. To him, Isaac was dead already. So when the angel of the Lord said, hey, stop, I know you, you for real. To him, it was like a resurrection, right? So that faith that Abraham has enhanced the servant's faith. So as we as believers, as we mature in our faith, and we show or we exercise our faith, others can benefit and grow from right. another's faith. So I'm jumping on brother's faith over here because he's faithful, showing up at the clinic. Yeah, I'm going to benefit from his faith. I'm going to jump on his faith. Verse 43, Behold, I am standing by the spring, and may it be that the maiden who comes out to draw and to whom I say, please let me drink a little water from your jar. And she will say to me, you drink, and I will draw from your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. So this is his test, right? It's not a fleece. He's just like a pretty straightforward test. Now we have Rebecca's reaction to the servant's question. Verse 45, it says, Behold, before I had finished speaking in my heart, so he was praying, right? And before he finished praying, the Lord answered his prayer. Kind of like Brother Joe, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody reading my sign, brother. Before he was all praying, the guy like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So even before we finished praying, oh, the Lord, he comes through. And then those are the memory points that we ought to remember. Even write it down, you know? So before she speaking, Rebecca came out with a jar on her shoulder, went down to the spring and drew. And I said to her, please, let me drink. She quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and said, drink. And I will water your camels also. So I drank. And she watered the camels also. So he's like, oh. Exactly the thing. And that's prophets of God. Every prophecy is fulfilled exactly. Not 99.9%, it's a 100% fulfillment. Now, last week we talked about the water pots, right? They carried on the shoulder, they, they, you know, they hold about three gallons of water, right? So you have 10 camels, now a thirsty camel, which the passage said, they can drink 30 gallons of water in 50 minutes. In one sitting, they can drink 30 gallons. 30 gallons, you would need 10 pots per camel. There's 100 pots. So 100 times back and forth. So 200 trips. So this girl was in shape, yeah? So she wasn't only in shape, but she was beautiful, right? And she, she knew the, the Lord was upon this man. So she would pour the water into the pots, the troughs, and went back and forth. Now this is the same type of cultural hospitality that Abraham and Lot showed. And now Rivka is showing true Allah's spirit to many. So you remember uh, the text said, the servant was so in awe that God had uh, fulfilled everything and brought all of this to pass that he didn't even raise one finger to help this lady going back and forth 100 times. He just was like, wow, wow. he's so awesome. He's sweating. I said, bro, go help her. What the fuck? Help Auntie, bro. You know what I mean? You don't have to get all strained, right? You don't have to get all fine. Yeah. 
And then we will see, she will be in the barren too, right? She will be barren for 20 years. Could it be that she was overworked? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Like, I've never seen anything like that, but that's what I was doing. I don't know about an hour of work right there, just going back and forth. Verse 47, then I asked her and said, whose daughter are you? And she said, the daughter of Bethuel, Bacor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. And I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrist. So when the camels were finished drinking, the servant gave Rebecca the gold nose ring, right? And that shows, that's like an engagement ring. And uh, two gold um, bands for her arms. And there were 10 shekels in weight. Now the Midrash, which is a Hebrew commentary, the gift symbolizes another present <laughs> that Israel would be given in the future. The two uh, bands would correspond to the two tablets, and the ten shekels would correspond to the Ten Commandments that was written on stone, which is found in the Genesis Rabbah Midrash. So verse 48, he says, And I bow low and worship the Lord, and bless the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who guided me in the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. What was like finding a needle in a haystack across America, he found that one haystack. But his heart is always worshipful and blessing and thanking the Lord. So the servant's faith has now been solidified. That he will be strong now. He will be strong. He will, he will show some, flex some muscle at one point coming soon towards uh, Rivka's family and insist that Rivka leave with him immediately. And this is actually against the family's will. The family would see wider to stay, which was the family's will. But Yehovah's will was for her to leave immediately. Verse 49. So now, if you are going to deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, let me know, that I may turn to the right hand or the left. So he's like, just let me know already. Or I, I, I gotta go, but my master wants uh, this mission to be done and over with. So verse 50 says, Then the Ban and Bethuel replied, The matter comes from the Lord, so we cannot speak to you bad or good. He's like, yeah, I mean, no matter what we say, I mean, we know this, this is of the Lord. So they now somewhat submit to what is obviously the Lord's will and the Lord's work. So verse 51, it says, here is Rebecca before you. Take her and go, they're being all tough. Take her and go and let her be the wife of your master's son as the Lord has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, what did he do? He again acknowledged the Lord on high. He bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. And there's something beautiful about lying on the ground and worshiping God. Whether on your knees or lying flat on the ground, there's something real of surrendering about that. Being prostrate before the Lord. Not just in mind or in ideal, ideal, but actually the position. Yeah? Again, the servant is blown away at how the Lord works all things out for the good, right? Building this servant's faith even stronger. Verse 53, the servant brought up articles of silver and articles of gold and garments and gave them to Rebecca. 
he also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. So families, you know, partake. So what this represents, Abraham represents who? Not the father. Okay, we, we looked at this. The servant, who can he be related to? The Holy Spirit. Yeah, right, because he didn't come for his own. In fact, we don't even know his name. And the Spirit, he just comes as he pleases and convicts people. What about Yitzhak? Who does he represent? Yeshua, yeah, Yeshua, the Son. What about Rivka? Who does he represent? I give to you the church, or unbelievers, because remember this, the body of Christ is uh, the Holy Spirit goes out, convicts sin, and then brings it to the Lord. The bride of Yeshua. What about those treasures that he just gave away? These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit received at the instant someone believes. So right there, they believe right there, he gives them, he blesses them. And becomes part of the bride, right? What about the well or the spring of water? Now the water is always life-sustaining. It cannot be a sister where it just stays still and gets stagnant. There has to be life flowing through. So this represents the triune nature of God, the life-sustaining substance. But the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, once we believe, all dwell within us. You believe that? The Father, Son, and the Spirit dwell within us. So when Abraham trusted Jehovah and left his family and even his citizenship, so now he's a soldier walking around with no passport. He cannot even, that's why he's always scared of being killed. He has no passport. He believed in Adonai while his family back in Mesopotamia was still idolaters, right? What happens? Jehovah sends him back to share the good news. And the Holy Spirit is sent. And just when we as believers get saved, the Lord uses us to go back to our family and win them to himself. So there's a cycle that the Lord has, a pattern, a somewhat of a pattern, that when we get saved, he uses us to go out and bring our family back. Verse 54, we're doing pretty good. Then he and the man, the men who were with him, ate and drank. And spent the night, so there was no poison. When they arose in the morning, he said, Send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, Oh, no! <laughs> Let the girl stay with us a few days. You know, maybe ten days. And afterwards, she can go. <laughs> now here, because of the servant's witness of Yehovah's faithfulness at every juncture, every turn, all the way up to this point, he can now confidently speak on behalf of the Lord in the Lord's authority. Verse 56, he said to them, Do not delay, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, uh, Hmm, let us call her, let's ask her this. We want her to stay, you want her to go, let's ask her. We will call the girl and consult her wishes. They then called Rebecca and they said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. Same thing, right? You want to accept the Lord? Yes or no? I'm telling my dad. Yes. I accept the Lord. No. And they 
Lord. You accept the Lord. No. My mind is evil, you know, and I did that stuff when I was young. I'm like, perfect. You know, I see this man. That he was holding me, he didn't mean nothing. So the rabbis have observed this that the Israelites, because of this, would leave Egypt by merit of Rebecca's willingness to leave her parents. So the Midrash, what it does is transforms Rebecca from an individual person character with a personal story into a realization of God's promise to Abraham. So that was, Abraham was the first, but he needed a son, right? He was Abraham, and he became Abraham, father of the multitudes, and he had no son yet. He told me, like, if I met Abraham, I'd go, bro, where's all your kids? You know I mean? Serious? So through her, Isaac's line would continue. And by her merit, it would become a great and numerous nation that would go forth from Egypt and inherit the land of Canaan. So verse 59. Thus they say, they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse with Abraham's servant and his men. So this nurse would be Rebekah's um, personal servant, even midwife. Now, I don't know if she survived. I don't know how old she was at this point. But it would be another 20 years before her services as a midwife, this nurse would be needed. So I don't know how old she was. Usually they're a little older, right? Than the nursing, taking care, being a servant. Verse 60. They blessed Rebecca and said to her, May our sister become thousands of ten thousands and may your descendants possess the gain of those who hate it, which actually occurs. Then Rebecca arose with her maids, and they mounted the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebecca and departed. And now this is where uh, Itzah comes onto the scene. Verse 62. Now Isaac had come from going to the El Lahai Roi, for he was living in the Negev. And this is the place that Hagar had been, yeah? and she was out, the God who sees. Isaac went out to meditate in the field towards evening. So this was dusk. It's like almost a perfect romantic, picturesque, right? A Golan Heights, you know, on one side. Mediterranean on the left, and he's like, looking in. He went to meditate. He lifted up his eyes, and he beheld camels were coming. Rebecca lifted up her eye and said, oh, who's that? Yeah. Yeah. Who's that humpy guy over there? Is that Joe? <laughs> so she lifted up her eyes she saw it stop and she dismounted from the camel she said to the servant who is that man walking in the field to meet us and the servant said he is my master then she took her veil and covered herself the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done then Isaac brought her into his mother's Sarah's tent and he took Rebecca and she became his wife and he loved her Thus, Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So finding the proper wife for Isaac ensured the continuity of Abraham's line and God's promises, the realization of the promise to make a people of his seed. Now the rabbis comment that Rebekah was the first woman, the first Jew actually, to be married to a man who was circumcised at the age of eight first one. So she was both a virgin and a, uh, whom no man had known because remember the name 
Ayatullah was a maiden um, of the marrying age, but Alma is the word for true virgin, which was used of uh, the Virgin Mary, and she gave birth to Yeshua. Anywhere else, unlike the daughters of the Gentiles, this lovely lady preserved her virginity. The rabbis say that Gentiles preserve their virginity in their land, but when they leave their land, they just all lose. That's not what I'm trying to say. I don't know if there's any truth to that. So ends up, Rebecca replaces Sarah. So what the main rush is, is God caused the son of Sarah to sit, then he caused the son of Rebecca to shine. So Rebecca's birth in Genesis 22 is mentioned in the Torah before the death of Sarah, found in Genesis 23. So because God prepares Sarah's successor before he took her soul. So it's a beautiful love story. There's tragedy and there's high intense drama. I mean, the Bible is unbelievable. You don't need to go movies. That's why I don't really go to movies. I just watch like documentaries or movies about true things. Uh, I just saw Michael Jackson. This is it. You know, because it was a true start. But I went. But so what it is? The Lord wants us to be faithful to Him because He is always faithful to us, and He wants us to move by His will, accomplish to carry out His will. Don't be stagnant. Like the cisterns, but be like a living spring water well. And I think this flows like the, the Lord flows to you and you can reach and be effective to people. So with that, we made pretty good time. Like pretty much right on the money. Let us pray and um we can receive um, the bread and the cup. Heavenly Father, once again we thank you for this uh, lovely evening, Lord having a brothers so that we can lock arms together Lord for an awesome cause for the cause of saving beings every piece Lord, of their bodies Lord. so we continue to we pray tonight Lord. you prepare the things for us tomorrow Lord down there on Baratania Lord set the stage for us Lord but may it be salvation may it be turning away Lord your will be done. We are open vessels, Lord. Our hands open, hearts open to your moving of your Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. Thank you for all you do in our lives. And thank you for revealing things, Lord, to us that we can see and understand, Lord. And that we, our faith might be built up. In Yeshua's name we pray, and we all say, Amen. Amen.